Peace and Black Power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast and today family, we have a special guest in the building, our special guest is no other than Constant Carter and she is a wealth activator, real estate maven and she is the owner of Catalyst Real Estate Professionals, one of the largest black owned real estate Firms in California. Ladies and gentlemen, this is her first time on the Necessary Blackness podcast. How are you, my sister? I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm Thank humbled. You. I'm honored. I'm excited. This is a long time coming, so I'm ready. Yes, we have been planning this. Yes. And today, we manifested it and made it happen. Yes, sir. So, so. my first question, we're going to get right down okay. to it. That's what's up. Because we know that... 80% of wealth that's generated in the world comes from real estate, right? right. Mm-hmm. So this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. All right. So I want you to tell me and to tell our listeners, how can black Americans go from renters to investors as well as owners in the real estate game? That's a very good question. And you know what? It's not as a monstrosity as people like to believe. Mm -hmm. First of all, you know, if you look at historically in this country, what we've been through, you know, predatory lending, redlining, Jim Crow, all of the things that we've been through. And so 43% of us are homeowners, which is dope for me. Right. So when you look at it overall, 70% of white people are homeowners, 43% of black people are homeowners, Um, which there's a disparity there. But, in spite of everything that we've gone through, in spite Mm -hmm. of the predatory lending, the Jim Crow, the redlining, the discrimination, everything that they've done to block us, 43% of us are still homeowners. Mm. Now you would think 95% of white people will be homeowners because they've had none of the same barriers that we've had. Absolutely. But it's only 70%. We've had to go through 500 years, 400 years of of this insanity. And yet we've overcome that. So we are resilient people. I just want to say that first and foremost, black people, we are a resilient people. So I want to just give us kudos for just being in the game of being homeowners, despite of what we've been through. But, um, you know, here's the thing. It's very simple. If you have a job Mm -hmm. and you've been working two years and you can pay somebody for housing, you could own a home. If your credit is challenged, guess what? There are vehicles out there that can help you. I got a book. I wrote a best-selling book based upon the fact that I had a 379 credit score and bankruptcy and had to overcome that. I have a book that's helped thousands of people. So credit is not like this big, bad wolf, this this boogeyman that a lot of people like to think. I've helped people get hundreds of points within 30 days. It's mm. possible. So if you have a job, basically you can own a home. You need your two, your two, and your two. I actually have a, a rap song called 222. That I'm okay. look look for it on iTunes called two 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 by the ladies of Catalyst. But you need your two years of tax returns, two years bank statements, and the last two two check stubs. That's it. And you can you become going. a homeowner. That simple. I mean, it sounds simple because really it is. The I think the issue is sometimes people want more than what they can afford. You know, mm-hmm. people be trying to buy the castle and the mansion the first time around, and sometimes that's not possible. But it's baby steps to get there. But Anybody could buy a home if you have a job. Now, you say some key things about what an individual has to have in order to acquire their first property, right? Now, I always hear that you must leverage your credit mm-hmm. in order to 
get a, a, a loan for a house or if you're going into business as an entrepreneur. Give me some examples of maybe how you leverage your credit or just simply how one can leverage their credit in order to be a first-time homeowner or entrepreneur. Okay, so credit is like king in life. Mm-hmm. Even for wealthy people, wealthy people are not using their own cash to buy anything. If you look at Donald Trump, the reason why he was able to file bankruptcy is because he had credit. If you look at Robert Kiyosaki, the the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about credit. He was talking about how he had gotten, you know, a $20 million credit to, to purchase something. These people have cash. But they're not going. They're not going to leverage their own cash. When I'm flipping property, I'm not even. Even if I have the cash to pay for the property, I'm mm-hmm. not going to use my own cash. I'm not going to tie up my cash to 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 invest in something else. So it's so important that we have credit, and it it um it blows my mind that you know with all the financial literacy that we have, and things happen. Like things ha- things happen. Like something popped up on my credit just recently. Um, for an Airbnb that I have out in um, in Arizona. And I was like, what? And so I had to um, do a send over a verification letter and they had to send it back and they had to remove it. But things pop up. Mm-hmm. But in this age with all this information, it's really important that we're being responsible. It's really important that we're monitoring our credit. So utilize, you know, all these platforms like Credit Karma or TransUnion, Equifax and, and Experian to make sure that you're monitoring your credit. But having good credit is important in in every aspect because you're going to need it in order to build wealth using OPM other people's money money. okay we don't want to use our own money we're using other people's money but the way we do that is having good credit so if you don't have good credit I got a best-selling book about good credit I got a workbook about good credit I have an online training platform about to help you with your good credit so there's like no excuse why you don't. And, and of course, there's free information out there on YouTube and everywhere else. I just make it really simple for you to digest and understand. But just make sure that you're taking care of that. Like if you're looking at your bank account um, every day, mm-hmm. you should be looking at your credit every day. Absolutely. Now, you keep talking about this book. Promo. Drop it. What is the book? So, How so, can they get it? Let me tell you something about this book. So I never in my life thought I was going to be an author. Like that was never on on the horizon. I was a real estate broker. I never thought I was going to be a speaker. Somebody was like, you should speak. Do you speak? I was like, I do. Home buyer workshop. So all these things kind of came into kind of happenstance. Mm-hmm. But somebody was just like, everything I do is off the suggestion of somebody else. Mm. I'm not the big ideation person. Like I don't have these big ideas. But somebody said one day. You should write a book. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's how I do stuff. Somebody yeah. was like, you should have t-shirts. I was like, okay. You know, my coach was like, you should do, you know, something for this. And I was like, okay. So that's just kind of how it happened. And so I like I was so obsessed with credit and like credit was mm-hmm. my thing. And I used to, to do these things called credit parties where it was like a Tupperware party mm-hmm. where, you know, you I would go to somebody's house. It'd be a nice, intimate setting. People would come and they'd bring their friends. They'd have food and I would teach them about credit. It was really great. And it was just really transformational. So I, I love credit so much. I would do that or I'll put on credit expos and things like that. So somebody said, write a book about credit, wrote a book about credit, sat down and wrote it, you know, within a matter of a couple of weeks. And it went on to become a bestseller. So I did it, didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. In fact, the first version that I put out, I put out before I proofread it. And I was like mortified because people were just buying it. And then I was like, oh my God, there's so many errors and stuff. So I had to go back and go back. But I did the book. It's a great book. 
I think it's it's written so simple that mm. a like it should be in like high schools. Gotta keep it's it so simple. simple. That's how Absolutely. you know. Absolutely, it's like double spaced. <laughs> I mean, you can sit down yeah. and read it in an hour, but it's changed so many people's lives. It's, credit's not complicated. It's really simple. Absolutely, you got to make things. It's so simple. we talked about credit. We talked about being a first time homeowner. I know we're going to try to breeze through uh, some of the subject matter because you you have a prior engagement and you was. Uh, but I'm enjoying this. You, I'm enjoying you, talking you blessed to you. us, so I'm going to be respectful of your time, right? It's all good. Now, um, when we talk about wealth, right, mm-hmm. um, you didn't have it easy. Um, I was watching your TED Talk where you talked about uh, the day that um, you was laid off was the day that your ex-husband was fired. So how was you able to bounce back and transition from that to become this multi-millionaire and run a successful real estate company. It's all, it was just consistency and hunger, man. Mm. Like I, I, I'm just not afraid to just do stuff and look crazy, look foolish. You know, when I first started real estate, like I was driving people around in my Ford Windstar minivan that used to break down, door used to fly open and I would have people in my car, door flying open and I'm just <laughs> embarrassed and like, oh my God. But, you know, I just went for it. I didn't have the best clothes. I didn't have the best car. Um, I just was hungry. Mm-hmm. And I had one child at the time when I first started. I have four now, but I had one child. And I was just like, I got to be able to pay for daycare and diapers. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, so it was just really that hunger. And then just being consistent. When I, I have the same spreadsheet that I had since 2002 when I started. And when I look at my spreadsheet, I, I calculate all my money. So January, cause I started, I got my license in December. So January money go out, going out, no money coming in February, money going out, no money coming in March, April, mm. May. I didn't start making money until June. Okay. So I, but I'm investing in myself. I'm putting money that I don't even have into yeah. the business. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting a small stipend of unemployment at this point. Are you leveraging your credit too? I'm, credit cards? At, at that point I wasn't because I didn't know the benefit of it. So oh, I didn't even okay. have credit cards in, like that. I was just oh, so like a really little bit. was getting it out of the I'm mug. trying to tell you, yeah. I was bootstrapping like a mug. So, but by June, I started making money and then all, all the work had paid off and I was and from June to December, I made about $70,000, but I never made under six figures after that ever. But it was all, it was just that consistency and that hunger, man. They say that there's a generational curse when it comes to economic prosperity for us as a people. What are some of the key things we can do as far as investments, trust, wills, for us to get ahead of the curve. So first I want to say the generational curse is the system, mm, right? Okay. Is white supremacy is white privilege. That's the generational curse. It's not us. It's not anything that we did. It's what they've done. Now there are some, there are definitely some, some um, habits that we can change that we should change mm-hmm. as a people. You know how we like to look fly. We like to look like we got when we don't, Mm-hmm. Um, but that we definitely, you know, real estate being 80% of wealth in this country is generated through real estate. So that's the first thing that we need to do is we need to, we need to invest in real estate. Um, make sure your investments are good investments. The second thing we need to do is we need to diversify our portfolio, invest in other things that generate some type of return on your investment, which is stock, um, something that generates compound interest. I was, um, 
yesterday I, I did my my collective my net seven collective which is where i'm i'm helping 100 black women become increase their net worth to million dollars and right before i got on there i checked my um i checked my bank account and twenty five thousand dollars was missing and oh, i was wow. like oh i almost fainted right and i was like what in the world and so i'm like oh my god somebody didn't scam me somebody took 25 and i forgot that i had that i had um, got with this company that I was I had wanted to invest in something that generated compound interest mm-hmm. totally forgot I didn't I don't even remember giving my bank account information to be honest with you but I must have given it to him and so um, and so that's what ended up happening I said that to say that I had because I, I have a marijuana dispensary and some of my money is I just keep cash because mm-hmm. it was a cash business yes cash is doing nothing for me so um instead of having this cash laying around i said let me take some of it and put it in the bank let me take and putting in the bank is not a good investment but i got it out of my house yeah which is the bottom line and i and i put it into a vehicle i put some of it into a vehicle to generate compound interest because the rockefellers did it um ray crock of mcdonald's did it most wealthy people they they use compound interest they call compound interest the eighth wonder of the world so if you're putting your your money into a bank you're going to triple the amount um, if you if you put it in a vehicle that's going to generate compound interest for you. And so that's what we need to start doing is looking at these vehicles like, you know, like some permanent life insurance policies where you can get the compound interest and the cash value. And it's not tied to the stock market where it doesn't it's not going to be affected when the economy drops. So and you're not taxed on it and you're not taxed Ooh. on it. Come on now. Come on now. You always win. You winning. Like, what what it's you a, call it's, that? You call that the eighth wonder of the world? It's the eighth wonder of the world. Oh, man. Why not? Like, but this is this is what they doing and that's this is what we not doing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you just joining us, we're talking to Constant Carter. Yes, sir. She just dropped the jewel on the eighth wonder of the world. We're about to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about FHA. 203k Woo. ladies and gentlemen this is raheem shabazz and you're tuned into necessary blackness podcast let's get it let's, let's go. go necessary blackness podcast is independently owned and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations we are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war the first casualty is the truth We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our quick commercial break. And for those that are just joining us, we are here. We is here. <laughs> we I was getting ready to say, we are here. No, we is here. We is here. Come on. With Constant Carter. Yes, sir. And she Nobody was works harder. the eighth wonders of the world. She was hipping us on credit. What do you need to become a first-time homeowner? And so I want to pivot to the secret behind FHA. 203k okay and it's a construction loan and from what i'm hearing it can help renters become investors Mm -hmm. can you break that down well so the fha 203k loan well first of all this is an owner occupied loan 
So mm. you need to occupy this property. But this the, the great thing about this product is it allows you to rehab the property and it finances. You could finance it. So say the home you buy is $150,000. We know ain't no homes $150,000. And maybe there's $50,000 in renovations. Well, they will finance $50,000 in there and you could do anything. You could pull, you could build a pool. Mm. You could build another story, like whatever you want to do. As long as the value of the house appraises for the amount that you finance, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want to do with this loan. It's oh, a wow. really great loan. The issue that we've been seeing, you know, in the last several years, cause we used to do them a lot years ago, a few years back. There are so many investors Mm-hmm. that are in the market that are, you know, when, the, when you have, cause these, these properties are really good in a buyer's market, yeah. right? So when houses are sitting on that market a little bit longer and there's not a whole lot of buyer competition and things mm-hmm. like that. So these, these loans are great because, you know, it gives people an opportunity to purchase a home that might be a little dilapidated and they could do something with it. When you have a challenge where there's limited inventory and there's investors, well, now you're competing with the investors. And so 203K loans, they take anywhere between 45 days and 60 days at minimum to close. Well, if you got an investor that's going to come and close in 10 days, you know, what, what offer is the seller going to take? The 10 days. Of course. Mm-hmm. So these loans are great and they work. They definitely work. They're just not as prevalent as they are when the market is, is, is a buyer's market. So they How work hard better is it to get it? It's not hard at all to get it. It's just, it's just a lot finding, of people don't know about it. A lot either. of people don't know about it. And then it's also finding the property, right? Mm. Because like I said, when you have a, a property that that that's dilapidated in that way, you have a lot of investors in this particular market that are buying stuff, paying cash, or they're getting a hard money loan and they can close relatively quickly. So it's just the only challenge. I mean, it's a great loan. The only challenge is um, the competition. Now, let me ask you something. You said it has to be owners occupied. Mm-hmm. So the owner has to occupy it. So if you buy this property because it's an FHA loan, it's mm-hmm. a government loan. You can't buy a government loan and be in, you know, in, and not live in the property. So this okay. is specifically for you to purchase this property to live in. Now you're going to have to live in this property for a year mm-hmm. and then you could, you know, rent it out. You don't have to stay in it the entire time. All right. I, I've been hearing from other individuals, right? Like, if you're looking to make money and not just be a homeowner, mm-hmm. but there's a way that you could not only be a homeowner, but also get a return on your investment by dealing with duplex and quadplex. Um, tell me about that. Okay. I, I love multi-units. Yeah. So duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, those are all multi-units. And you could actually use an FHA loan to purchase, purchase those. You can use the FHA. You do the 203K or a regular FHA loan. So the great thing about an FHA or the 203K um, is you only put 3.5% down, and that's the beauty of it. So you And put, they got programs that help you with your down payment, too. You can get down payment assistance. And those are typically through the counties, the cities, mm-hmm. and things like that. Or they're lenders that have down payment assistance also that can go along with it. But 3.5% down, which, is, which you know could be minimal. Um, if you're talking $300,000 house, maybe $9,000 down. Mm-hmm. Something like that, um, but you can you can get in the home. You could buy a duplex, fourplex. The great thing about buying a multi unit is, it say you don't have enough money, you you, you your income is not enough to qualify. Well, mm-hmm. say you buy a triplex. Yeah, there's two other units that are occupied. You could use a rent from those two units to help you qualify for that. They're gonna they'll take in account those two other units that'll help you qualify. Wow. Also, those two other units could actually be paying your mortgage. So you may not have to even have a mortgage to pay. So wow. that's a great loan. I've been hearing a lot of um, 
people talking about the debt service, the DSCR loan, which mm-hmm. is a which is a um, a no income loan, a stated income or no income. You don't have to have any income to purchase a property. And what's that called? A DSCR loan, a debt service ratio. Debt service something ratio loan. And that's for people that don't look like us. Nope, that's for people who look like us too. Well, why we don't know about it? So here's the thing about the debt service loan. So here here are the qualifications because it's 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 you don't have to have no income, mm-hmm. um, but you do got to have some money. They're not really credit focused, but you got to have money. So the property has to have some kind of operating income. So like, say if you had like bought land and it had a farm on it. Mm-hmm. And the farm was yielding something. Yeah. The, what they yield has to be double of what they're paying. So, for example, say that the, say the um, your mortgage payment every all in with tax insurance, everything mm-hmm. is $2,000 per month. They need to be making $4,000 a month in income in order for them to fund the loan. You can do that with chicken eggs. Boom. Right? <laughs> That's number one. Number yeah. two is for investors. So, this is not an owner-occupied loan. Mm-hmm. Number three... You got to have some skin in the game. So you got to put 20% down. Mm. Okay. And number four, there is a prepayment penalty. So if you pay it off too soon, then you'll be penalized. Kind of, And these are like private money loans or hard money loans. Like, okay. it, you know, so I use hard money loans when I'm flipping property. Yeah. So, you know, but when I'm flipping property, I got to put 20% down. You got to have some skin in the game. So if you ain't stating no income, you got to. You got to put more money down. Explain to me, why is there a penalty if you pay it off quicker? Wouldn't they want you to pay it off quicker? No, they want to get that interest. Mm. So these, you know, they, they take a high risk in you not having no income stated, right? Mm-hmm. And this is really for people that got income, but they don't claim no income. Mm. So either you're going to have to claim it on the front or the back, right? So if so, say, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't claim a lot of income. Uh, trap stars right right <laughs> yeah. we try not to right because we don't yeah. you know we don't want we don't want the government to see how much money yeah. we're making so if you don't claim income so for example me being um me being um an entrepreneur say i don't want to claim as much income there are programs that will allow me to use my bank statements or state my income but i'm gonna have to put more down i'm not gonna be able to use a three and a half percent loan mm. i'm gonna have to put more money down the interest rate is gonna be a little bit higher but I ain't got to pay. I ain't got to. I don't have to show my income. So either you're going to have to pay the government. You're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay more down. Either okay, or. But okay. you can't have both. You can't get a three and a half percent down and not show no income. Wow. See, family, when you know these type of things, you're able to maneuver and, and get to where you're going. Yeah. But it's always someone out there that knows more than us. Yeah. And that's why it's good to have a, a real estate broker. Yeah. Or a realtor that you can go to. Absolutely. And um get this thing done. So my last question to you last is Last question. I'm just getting started. All right. Well, we're gonna keep it going. <laughs> all right, though. let's roll. When when you hear that it would take two hundred and twenty eight years for the average black person to catch up to the average white person, what comes to mind? Mm, I get angry at the system at white supremacy. Uh, because they put us in this position. We didn't get to this position by ourselves. Um, I did a TED talk. It's called Google that shit. And, but it's talking about the wealth gap and it's talking about how we've gotten to this place and space. Um, when I talk about that a lot, when I talk about, you know, black spending power, um, a lot of people will come and say, well, we like to wear our money and well, we, and we do like, you know, when you yeah. ain't never had nothing, 
we want to show people that we got. That's not the smartest thing to do. I'm from the Silicon Valley where you could be sitting next to a billionaire and not even know it because they're going to wear a hoodie and some Crocs. Like mm. they not, they not flossing like that. And that's old money. That's that mentality. We haven't had money like that. So when we get it, we like to show it. We got to get out of that. And so hopefully we'll get that out, that shit out of our system. But um, systemically, you know, we've been put in this position we just have. And, and it, and it, and it drives me crazy because they tell us we should pick a, you should pick yourself up like by your bootstraps, <laughs> like the Asians have. And like the Hispanic, yeah. we haven't, you know, and when you talk about reparations and when you talk about all the things that they've done to us, why did the Japanese get reparations? Cause they were in an internment camp for a couple of weeks. Like why did they get money? Yeah. Why are you helping the Jews get money? Oh, don't say the J word, but why are you helping the Jews get their reparations? And didn't even happen on this soil. Absolutely. But yet you can brutalize us for how many years did you say? A hundred and 256 years, 256 years. Yeah. Right. Then after that, how many, how many years were we brutalized with the system of, of race racism and Jim Crow after too, that? Too many years. Can't, right. Yeah. So, but we can't get, you got $16 trillion in free labor. But we can't get a piece of the pie. And you know what's very telling? You said that 70% of white people own their homes, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It should be 100% you being that they think. Had, yeah, being that they had the Homestead Act. Correct. Where they got millions of acres of land. For free. <laughs> for free. Yes. No, no, no down payment, no 3%. Right, right. So they've gotten all of these privileges, and then they tell us that we need to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps that we spend in our money frivolously dr phil said if we got reparations it will be disastrous yeah. f dr phil yeah, with that bullshit right and then you know I, I i do get it where they said that we spend our money frivolously right but listen to this right it's in our nature to be flashy and fly right mm-hmm. when we say that you know we kings and queens we know that we you know uh wore Silk robes and slippers of gold and Come on, Manta Musa. To, to ever be untold. Right. You know what I mean? So why should we dumb it down? You know what I mean? It's just right. like, yo, do what you do. Right, you know right, I mean? right. But you gotta be constantly getting that bag. Right. And how you talking about, about you gotta invest in stuff that's right. compound interest. Right. You gotta have uh residual income. That's right. And if you read the book. The millionaire next door, it tells you the average millionaire got seven streams of income. How many you got? Probably eight. Eight? Oh, Easily. Man. She's out doing it, y'all. Well, I mean, you got to. Listen, the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 11, 2 said, have, it said have seven. Then it said no eight in case a disaster strikes the land. Mm. What happened in 2020? Disaster struck the land. Come on, son. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have no other streams of income like me moving so last year was the worst year of my life right? I got divorced I closed two of my offices and I moved to the east coast so I lost a million dollars in revenue last year mm. if I didn't have another uh, other revenue streams I wouldn't be in DC right now okay. I wouldn't be here right now yeah. I wouldn't be able to still move like I do so it's so important like if you want if you need to make a life transition or you just want to have the financial freedom i have never slowed down i lost a million dollars of revenue last year i was still in aruba i was still in panama right mm. because the, the money didn't stop yeah. just that sort of stop but i had other sources coming in okay. um but when you go back to talking about how long is it going to take us to to catch up with these white folks said 200 and Think two oh two hundred and twenty eight years. And and where was this statistic brought from? Um 
this was talking about the wealth gap in order for us to catch up. Um, How long ago was this article? Mm. This was within a year. Within, okay. Yeah. So I think what they hadn't um, considered was the power of the internet. Absolutely. I think that can level the playing field because AI. come on AI. Cause really no longer do we have to go in and ask these white people for money mm-hmm. and you know, were they giving the other white people a handshake mm-hmm. and they looking at you and they like, if you don't get your black ass about this bank, <laughs> no longer do we got to beg anybody, anybody for anything. No longer do we have to have a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. No longer do we have to overextend ourselves. We can use, I, w- I interviewed uh, Michael V. Roberts. You know, he's a, yeah. one of the black billionaires. He said something so poignant. He said, we have more technology in the palm of our hands than when they put the man on the moon. That's right. That's right. We got more technology with our phones than they had when they put the... So when black people get smart and we start using this technology, which levels the playing field, I don't really believe that 228 years. I don't believe that that has to be our story. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is a myth. It ain't going to be 228 years. I'm going on record saying it's going to be 228 days. (laughs) 228 days because you're right you know like how you say there's no more brick and mortar it's click and order yeah you know what i mean so we doing it we getting our bag but listen we got to get up out of here i don't want to keep you but i I want you to promise me something what's up that this is not going to be the first and last time i'm having so much fun engaging with you today this is so you're brilliant i love your platform i love everything that you post you are unapologetically black absolutely and i love being around all this black excellence so you you are the epitome of black excellence and i love it i appreciate that now in closing is there anything that i didn't ask you that i should have asked you or that you want to say in your last closing words i i want to say this so you know my passion has always been about helping people that's Mm -hmm. just what i I do my passion is my purpose was helping people to create generational wealth through real estate um my mission and my purpose has shifted a little bit my passion is still helping people but my purpose my purpose is yeah my purpose is still helping people my passion now is helping black women when mm. we talk about closing the wealth gap i really believe it takes a black woman to close the wealth gap or black women talk you, that talk come on now <laughs> you know when you there, they, there's a saying that if you give a woman some food she's gonna make a meal if you give her a house she's gonna make a home mm. right and so i believe if you give a black woman some financial knowledge it's going to change the generation it's going to change the game Mm. and so how do we close the wealth gap for me my contribution is through black women okay and so my goal is to help 100 black women increase their net worth by a million dollars in 2023 and that's what i'm doing so i've started this cohort called the net seven collective where i just want to help black women um, and i help them in the five most important areas of their life you know the credit income and all that stuff but mindset i help Mm. them build businesses and then most importantly like because one of the things you know i interviewed 70 women for my initial cohort and one of the things, well, two of the things that they said that were blocking them from getting ahead is one, they don't have, um, they don't know, they don't know mm-hmm. how to get there. And number two, they don't have accountability. They don't, they, they need somebody to kick them in the pants. Well, you have the accountability with our cohort of women, you know, you have me, you have the other women, cause I'm building this solid community of boss black women who okay. are forward thinking. But the other thing is I give them a wealth map at the end that gives them the step-by-step instructions based upon what we've gathered throughout the cohort. How did we get there? Okay, you said you want to make a million dollars. You said you want to start this business. You want to do this. You want to do that. Here's the step-by-step instructions. 
and I give him and give it to him in a tangible way that there's there's it's there's it takes a guesswork out of it. Mm. You follow this blueprint, you are gonna reach your goals. Now everybody's gonna want to know how can I be a part of this uh, cohort? Yeah. Now I know you said that you interviewed them. Um, so is there a rigorous process that they must go through? Because we got to separate the wheat from the shaft. Yeah. You know, we got to get to those, you know, we got to say, yo, listen, this is where the rubber meets the road. Absolutely. And only those that are serious is going to go beyond this point. Right. So what's the process and how can people contact you so they could get involved? So there is an application on my website, ConstanceCarter.com slash Net7 Collective, or you can go to ConstanceCarter.com, click on Net7 Collective. So that'll schedule. Um, I'll, I'll get an application, then I'll, we'll schedule an interview. Then we'll just have a conversation and, and you know, we'll see if this is the right fit you know some of the people everybody that i've interviewed wanted to be a part of it okay everybody didn't have the capacity to be a part of it and then there were some people where i had to turn down Mm. my daughter was right there she was like mom i felt so sorry for that lady and i'm like she wasn't ready yeah like i want people who are so passionate about making a a transformation in their life i don't want you to do it if you just like well you know if it works and works no 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 I need you to be so sold out to want to make this change in your yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm going to be pouring everything into you, and I want you to be able to do that too. And it's going to be 70 individuals? A hundred. A hundred. I interviewed 70 for my inaugural cohort, and I selected 20. Okay. So listen, man, it's a process of elimination. This is like Hunger Games over <laughs> So the second cohort, we're starting in August, and I'm taking applications for that now. Yo, you know what? It, it's good that you do that, but I'm sitting here because if it was something like that for men, I'll be on it. Yeah. Where can I find this for the brothers? You should get started for the brothers. What you mean? Well, you're you going to have to give me the blueprint. I got you. You, you got start, me? You start the brothers need it because brothers is like, hey, can I get in it too? There actually is another uh, program. It's, it's a membership community that I have for everybody. This is black white hispanic mm-hmm. male female boy girl dog or whomever can pay 49 dollars a month oh. and it's a community that i just rolled out last week and it's it's similar in that it's not as intense but i'll be you'll be getting all of my content we'll have experts every month that'll come in that'll teach um but it, it's called the gym club the grow your money club mm. g-y-m grow your okay. money because I always talk about how to grow your money and not blow your money. So we, that is for everybody, and everybody can be a part of that. that All right. Club. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, I know y'all going to be checking it out. One more time, drop your social media and where people can find you and reach you at. Follow me. I okay. need to get my Instagram up. <laughs> at I am Constance Carter. And then Facebook, I am Constance Carter. And then YouTube. YouTube be trying to play me out, though. Cause they don't be giving me no views. They don't be giving me no love, but please subscribe to my YouTube channel at CC, the CEO. And then me and Boyce, uh, we're doing some things on fly Nubian queen. Okay. So we partnered and we, we about to do, uh, some really, really great things. So I'm excited about that too. We about to change the game. That's what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Raheem Shabazz. And for those that are just tuning in, you better go back. You better rewind this all the way to the beginning where she was talking about wealth management, how to acquire property from being a first-time homeowner. We talked about FHA 203K and so much more. So stay tuned. Necessary Blackness. Raheem Shabazz. Constant. Carter. Let's go. Let's go. Peace.
Necessary Blackness podcast is independently owned and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com.